fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with special growers, an East Tennessee maker's market, and a visit with a young entrepreneurial fellow who has his own flavored tea and lemonade stand. Our guest today are Kent Davis, one of the parents who created a nonprofit organization called Special Growers in Maryville, Tennessee. Special Growers grow culinary herbs and fresh cut flowers. They partner with several regional restaurants and offer meaningful job training and employment to special needs individuals post high school. We also visit with Deborah and Miller Dean. Deborah is a baker and a maker and one of the founders of the East Tennessee Makers Market, held biannually on the campus of Miraville College. I just love to feature young individuals who are entrepreneurial through regional food or agriculture on this show. So we also visit with Miller Dean, Deborah's 14-year-old son, who has his own business called Squeezies. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today by podcast or radio broadcast. I really appreciate your good company. Let's first visit with Kent Davis and hear about special growers. Yeah, special growers was um, the idea of a a number of parents uh, about 11 years ago uh, who had children in the... uh, local school systems that um, were, were in the special ed departments with certain different levels of disability. And, you know, as these individuals, you know, were getting to age, uh, in the state of Tennessee it's, it's age 22 that you can, you can stay and maintain uh, high school residence, uh, but then after 22, you know, you're, you graduate one way or the other, right? And so, a lot of these individuals, you know, were uh, needing somewhere to what I call land and, and to go after high school because, you know, for these individuals, there's not a lot of job opportunity. It's not like they're going to college. Uh, it's not like there's people waiting at their door to give them a job or anything like that. So at 22, 
everything kind of stops. You know, they no longer go to school. Uh, they no longer have that socialization that occurs at school. So, uh, like I said, a set of parents, probably about four or five different uh, parent, and uh, we all got together and we talked about, so what, what comes next? And so we came up with an idea of putting together a nonprofit that would provide different opportunities uh, for these young adults to uh, have somewhere to go but to learn skills uh, uh, so that they could apply that to maybe future job opportunities as they continue to grow and mature. And so Special Growers was formed you know, to provide that environment to uh, host individuals who come um, it's a work setting, uh, so they learn everything from how to put gloves on to how to wash our hands, both when we come in and when we leave, to how to sign in and log our time, how to use, you know, basic tools, you know, and uh, to work within an environment that allows individuals to kind of grow at their own pace. We've got a lot of individuals who have worked with us for the entire 11 years. Uh, I've got some that'll work with us for a year or two and then they'll move on to other opportunities. Like I said, the individuals who are, who are here are looking for that next step in their life and um, this gives them that opportunity to kind of try out you know, some different thoughts and things like that. Uh, some of the young adults we've had over the years have full employment with different uh, businesses in the area. Some have chosen to continue their education, uh, and some have chosen to be just regular staff members here. And so all of that's good. And of course, each year the, the population doesn't get any smaller. So we have more and more that are wanting to come and work here. And our philosophy has been that you know anybody that wants to come work here that's got a disability has a job. Most of them are working probably an average of two or three times a week. They do get paid for their, uh, their efforts and what they do here. So I think it's a really good environment for them just to, to have that chance to transition from school and just kind of settle and, and figure out, they and their parents, you know, what's the next option for them. Absolutely. And I was reading that over these 11 years, y'all have developed jobs here at the farm. So you do employ people that have gone through the training, is that right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, again, the intent is to provide job skills, but also provide employment. And so uh, currently we have about 21 staff members that are on payroll with us right now that are disabled that um, work through the course of the year all year long and uh, they are full employees so they're being paid a salary and, uh, and for the time that they're working and things like that out here and you know we really couldn't operate without their their help for what we do because the other side of special growers is that we are a business you know we do you know provide fresh herbs and, and now fresh cut flowers to the uh, restaurant industry in this general area and so we do seek to you know provide quality products so the labor that we're using you know with both our individual staff members and the volunteers and everyone else it's very serious for them to come in to work and to know that their efforts that day are contributing to you know such a meaningful way you know in the way we work with the restaurants.
You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and today we're visiting with Kent Davis, one of the parents who created a nonprofit organization called Special Growers in Maryville, Tennessee. Special Growers grow culinary herbs and fresh-cut flowers. They partner with several regional restaurants and offer meaningful job training and employment to special needs individuals after graduation from high school. When your heart's in the right place, it just seems like things work. Absolutely. I mean, when we started 11 years ago, the beginnings of what we started with were so simple and so basic. Uh, At the time, like I said, you know, there was probably four or five different sets of parents that we all formed to create something. And our, our initial thoughts were, well, let's just create a garden and let's grow enough product that we can go to the farmers market on Saturday and you know give the kids something to do and sell and you know experience you know this this involvement and such and we very quickly realized that that was not the right model for us Um, you know these farmers markets you know there's very professional farming uh, organizations who who provide there and you know for us it was just uh, we were so simple and it just wasn't a good the good model for us so we did try to diversify and to get very unique in some of the product we offer and that's how we got into these herbs and now ultimately into the flowers um, but um, it's um, it is. It's you know. It's been a. It's been a real journey and uh, one that you know has been very uh, beneficial. I think for all involved so far. Well, it sure makes our community better, Kent. Yeah, we traditionally work with more of the higher end restaurants, the ones that are very concerned about garden to table type of philosophy, fresh use of product, things like that. So some of the restaurants just here in Maryville, very well known, you know, we, we work with Foothills Milling Company, we work with Walnut Kitchen, we work with all the Blackberry restaurants from Blackberry Farms. There's some other restaurants we work with locally in Knoxville. We do a lot on the Market Square area. Uh, Amelia comes to mind, uh, Knox Mason comes to mind, Adopo Pizza over there comes to mind, and a few others that we work with. And now we're beginning to expand into more of the central part of Knoxville around Kingston Pike. We've got a couple of restaurants there. So we're not really driving the demand. Demand finds us through the network of chefs who talk to one another. The quality of the product that we provide, we frequently have people who reach out to us more than us targeting restaurants at this point. The success we've had with, again, some of the original restaurants and those chefs has really grown the business to new restaurants as they open up. Oh, we've we've got a very broad spectrum of, of herbs that we produce. In the summer, the, everybody's looking for basil. You know, basil goes with tomatoes. So as tomatoes start to come in season, basil is a very high demand. And we probably produce and harvest probably 25 to 30 pounds of basil now uh, a week. Uh, across some of the different restaurants we have. Um, And again, it depends on the type of restaurant as to what they're looking for. We have some that are more of a 
an Italian-based restaurant, you know, or a pizza-type restaurant, and they traditionally use a lot more of your basil, your oregano's, parsley's, you know, things like that. And then we have some more traditional restaurants, and you know, they're using more of our our thyme and and things like the parsley. We sell parsley by the tons, you know, on a regular seasonal basis. I've had a lot of chefs comment on our parsley and talk about how it is by far the best they have ever worked with both a taste and from the way that it's presented and such you know uh, I get that compliment all the time about this parsley that we grow and so one of the special things about what we offer and why I think we're so um, thought of by the local chefs is that everything is so fresh we harvest in the mornings between 9 and 11 30 for that day's orders and they're delivered within an hour of coming out of the garden so I mean it's fresh for that evening's meal preparation for the restaurants and it's almost like we're their backyard garden and you know so it's that quick it's that fresh and I think it makes that significance of a of an impression to diners when they're out eating, you know, to see those quality ingredients and the freshness of those ingredients. Absolutely. We've briefly touched on the employment that Special Growers offers, and can you tell us how this affects the lives of the people who are the growers here at Special Growers? Yeah, absolutely. A number of individuals, when they first come to work at Special Growers, uh, again, these staff and disabled individuals that we hire normally are very socially reserved, okay? And so, you know, coming into an environment where they don't know a lot of the individuals and it's kind of a new setting, it's not the school environment anymore, it's a work environment, is a real challenge. For a lot of these young adults. Um, we, we really emphasize including them into the activities of the day. Our director of all of our operations, her name is Maria Laughlin, just does a tremendous job of assigning the day-to-day activities for each individual based on their level of ability and contribution. And the biggest thing that I've noticed, again, these are individuals that have been with us for a a few years, is they're overall independent from where they started. Um, A lot of times in school, you know, these individuals may be shadowed by someone or they may be, you know, in a one-to-one or one-to-two setting or environment. What I notice here is that once they learn their, their activity and their tasks that they're working through and working assigned, they're very independent. So they come out here and they're part of a large team and a large group performing the things that they've been assigned at their own speed and uh, but a part of a much larger grouping of individuals who you know perform the daily activity of harvest and delivery so I can't tell you the number of individuals I've got one individual who could barely walk out of their car and now this individual walks very unassisted uh, throughout the garden at will, you know, and has learned to adapt to the ever-changing environment of the the, the terrain that we we work with. I've got one individual who's non-verbal, 
and very shy, very reserved. And even though she's still nonverbal, she works so independently and she's so socially involved and engaged with all the other work. So I think this setting provides clear opportunity for them to expand and grow. There's no judgments. Uh, there's no speed. There's no one pushing them. You know, it's pretty much at your pace and and it's okay to uh, make mistakes, but uh, most of the time they do such a great job. And it's just so rewarding to see the growth that many of these individuals make after being here, you know, maybe a year or two. I will say, I mean, we're very rigid. I mean, it's not like mm -hmm. we baby or pacify or mm -hmm. overly, you know, they're mm -hmm. here to do a job. Yes. And, uh, they know they're here to do a job and uh, they take that responsibility very seriously and uh, so they come prepared you know they bring their water they bring their snack you know hopefully they've got their sunscreen on and uh, from the moment they they hit the greenhouse till the time they leave they're they're involved in some activity from that course there's nothing better and the reward that comes from it by taking our business seriously yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, this is not necessarily for everybody. Uh, it's hard work. It's manual. Uh, and, you know, it, it sometimes in the summer it's very hot and, you know, it's dirty. You know, I talk to people all the time and say, you know, if you're not okay with sweating and you're not okay getting your hands dirty, it's probably not the right job right now for you. But uh, so many individuals, once they get out here, they see the gardens, they see how peaceful it is, and uh, become a part of the team of uh, individuals they work with for that period of the day. I'll tell you a story. We, one of the programs that we run in addition to the, the employment is we have a, a school work program that we do in the fall with the four local high schools in the area. So in addition to our staff that we have, we also work with the different high schools one day a week and they bring their special ed students to us and they, they kind of extend our working model for that day. So we could have 15 or 20 you know, additional staff show up on any given day from a school. And this one particular school shows up on Friday. When they open the door, the students are just running to come in to be a part of what we're doing. You know, they're wearing their special little special grower shirts you know, that they wore to school and you know for them on that day they're a part of our business they're a part of our organization and they're very proud of that and they're so excited about being here participating and the way that their teachers are also actively involved again it just provides a broader extension to the business that we operate and again we couldn't do the volume of what we do without these individuals uh, in these different programs right now in the summer we have a summer work program and uh, the basis of our summer work program is that anybody in the community who's disabled, who needs a summer job, we hire you. We don't ask what your disability is. We don't care. Everybody's included. And all, all you have to do is just provide a good work ethic and want to be a part of a larger group. And um, so again, as individuals come out in the summer, they're looking for a summer job. You know, again, a lot of these individuals are school age, uh, summer past school, but, you know, again, there's not a lot of summer jobs for these individuals, too. So, 
you know, we get a very large volume. And so sometimes our ranks will almost double in the summer um, just because they want a job as well. They want to be able to do something meaningful between the school seasons, and uh, we give them that opportunity out here. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and today we have been visiting with Kent Davis, one of the parents who created a nonprofit organization, Special Growers, in Maryville, Tennessee. Special Growers grow culinary herbs and fresh cut flowers. They partner with several regional restaurants and offer meaningful job training and employment to special needs individuals after graduating high school. More information, specialgrowers.com. I've also placed a link in the podcast notes, tennesseefarmtable.com, and a note, Special Growers and East Tennessee Makers Market do not advertise on this program. Let's now visit with Deborah Dean, a maker, a baker, owner of the online gallery, Peanut Gallery, where she showcases things she makes and hear about the East Tennessee Makers Market that she co-founded to encourage other makers to showcase their wares. Special growers will have a table at the upcoming market, and this market takes place the last Saturday of April this year. We'll also hear from Miller Dean, Deborah's 14-year-old son, who's created his own business, Squeezies Lemonade and Flavored Teas. For people who might not know about it, will you describe the market? Oh, sure, Amy. The Maker's Market, it's a biannual event. It happens twice a year spring and fall. It's held at the MacArthur Pavilion on Maryville College campus. This summer we're hoping to put a couple of pop-up markets throughout the summer, which is new to us, but the whole reason for the market was, and the reason I named it the Maker's Market, it was created for local makers to share and showcase their handcrafted goods. And we have just this collaboration of all handmade and scratch-made goods. You know, just a spot for Someone who has a hobby or is good at something, it's not necessarily their livelihood, but where they can share those things with others, just like I do. Yeah. Nothing is from a kit. It's all homemade from people's hands. Yes, all handcrafted, scratch-made goods, mm-hmm. um, a nice variety of crafters and makers, just things that are done really well, unique, you could tell people have a passion for maybe. Got a great lineup that are participating and we have fine artists and makers, woodworkers, people that make natural soaps and skincare, hand poured candles, pottery, just a really wide variety of different types of jewelry, just mm-hmm. different styles, really fun. There's textiles, fresh flowers and herbs. Um, one maker is bringing handmade toffee there will be scratch-made treats, scratch-made bagels. Will the group Special Growers be there? Yes, I'm so glad Special Growers will be coming back. They've been with us for several events, and I'm excited that they are coming. They will be bringing their herb pots, and they have individual herbs, and they're also bringing some larger Mother's Day herb pots um, that has a nice little variety and they'll also want to be bringing some cut flowers that they grow at their greenhouse some snapdragons zinnias and celosia yeah they're real cute little bouquets this time around with special growers is zach mcmurray he's one of the employees with special growers he is a maker 
but he builds bird houses and bird feeders. And so I've found 16 to 18 local artists that are painting the bird houses for him. And he will have his own booth beside special growers with their herbs, selling his bird houses and bird feeders. And he's really excited. You are a really talented maker. Can you tell us about all the stuff that you make? My favorite thing to make are petty fours. That's my signature dessert. They're wonderful. Everybody loves them. I think it's because they're just cute and small and it's just a nice little treat. Something very different that you can't find really anywhere else. Love making my cheesecakes. They're phenomenal. But just sitting at my in my workspace, my little studio at home and creating handmade earrings and things like that. I love that as well. So you've got a name for your makings and tell us what that is. Peanut Gallery. I love that name. I do too. Thank you. It's actually what my daddy called me and my Uncle Joe. I was Peanut Gal when I was little and my brother and it's like when I started something, which was solely because I I love to do things with my hands and make things. And it's like, where do I share these with people? And so I I started a a Facebook page, Peanut Gallery, just to kind of showcase all the things that I do and called it a gallery because it's more than just a kitchen or, you know, just doing one thing. And that's where that name came from. But, But I also have baking events and I will post them on my Peanut Gallery Facebook page of when I'm going to have things available. And for special occasions, I do, depending on what they're in need of, if I feel like I can do it, then I will do special cakes and like for your dad's birthday. And um, I just did a baby shower cake this weekend. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself for people who don't know you, your hometown and a few things you like to do? and. Yes, ma'am. I was born and raised in Maryville, so this is kind of my hometown. I'm 14 years old, freshman in high school. Apart from school and rowing, I row for TriStar. I don't have much time to do anything else, but if I do have time, I love to cook and just skateboard around, just some outdoorsy things. We just visited with your mom there, who is with the East Tennessee Makers Market. You've got a concession called Squeezies. Lemonade and flavored tea, is that right? Yes, ma'am. Will you tell us, how did this idea for Squeezy start? It really started just with, I wanted a job, I needed a job, I just wanted some money, because I mean, life's getting expensive, I'm growing up. With me just being 14 and not having much time to have a job, we just thought, we can just make our own. So, we can choose when we want to do it, and I can have my own time. So, it's pretty nice, because... With school and rowing, it takes up pretty much everything. It does. Well, I think it's really enterprising, and I'm impressed. So what inspired you to do lemonade and flavored tea? I mean, who doesn't like some sweet tea? I mean, I've always <laughs> loved sweet tea, and I've always loved lemonade, and it's just perfect because when people are hot, a nice glass of sweet tea is just perfect. Then why not? <laughs> <laughs> Hard to argue with that. I know. And I just love that a 14-year-old person has a viable business because you just needed some money, so you just did it. (laughs) (laughs) Will you describe some of the things that you offer? Oh, yes, ma'am. We have 
uh, sweet teas and lemonades. And then we thought, well, that's just kind of that's kind of mediocre. Anyone can do that. So that's where we got squeezies from. It's like we can add a, a squeeze of a different flavor. So we can have like peach tea or like add some peach to a lemonade. And we have orange flavors as well. So you can get a little bit of something and something else. What goes into your lemonade? It's all it's all natural, 100% natural lemon juice. And for our sweet teas, we make our own simple syrup out of just sugar and water, and we just boil it down like the night before. And everything else is natural, and there's no artificial flavors or sweeteners. Do you offer a unsweet version for those of us kind of trying not to have sugar? Yes, ma'am, we do. Good deal. Well, where do you set up? I'll set up at the Maker's Markets with my mom. We'll always have that, and we're always looking for other places that will allow us to set up. Miller, thanks so much for visiting today and telling us about Squeezies. Yeah, thank you for having me over. Absolutely. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we've just heard from maker Deborah Dean of the Peanut Gallery and co-founder of the East Tennessee Makers Market. We also heard from Miller Dean, a 14-year-old fella who's created his own business, Squeezies. Let's hear it for these young entrepreneurial people. These places can be easily found on Facebook, and I've also placed links to all of my guests and what we've mentioned here on the show in the podcast notes at TennesseeFarmTable.com. And a note, none of these folks advertise on this show. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.